welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Play On podcast from the Beer, Rap and Banter family. Um, our main host, Ben, is away. So today, I'm Ash, taking over the number 10 role, um, showing up versatility and on that kind of Dutch football, total football vibe that we kind of do <laughs> over here. Um, with me today is Cal, as always. So, Cal, what's good, brother? Yes, yes. Everything is good right now. Hope you're doing well yourself. Ash, how are you getting on? I'm good, man. How's your week? Uh, the week was kind of long, but constructive. I definitely got a lot done this week. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah, it was good. So I'm doing a course. Um, so a lot of it was based around that, but it was cool. It was my birthday as well. So yeah, man, it was a nice, a nice week. A nice week. Can't, can't complain too much. Can't complain too much. Yes. Uh, happy belated to you. I think it was my birthday Thank the you. week before. So, you know. Happy uh, belated to you as well. And we know July babies are the best babies, right? Come, come on. <laughs> come on. Listen, we have a guest, so we don't want to offend them too, too early. For but sure. we are the best. We are the best babies. Just to let everyone know that. But um, all, all babies male. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, and yeah, moving on to our guest. So he's an old colleague of mine. We worked together for three and a half years. And I left in 2016 during the greatest footballing year of his life. I'll now hand it's over good. to Yeah, I'll now hand over to our guests to introduce themselves, the club they support, and three words about their season so far. Uh, so my name's Dan, uh, and I am a Leicester fan. Uh, since long before 2016, I'd like to point out. <laughs> uh, but it was worth the wait. And uh and yeah, my three words to sum up the season would have to be 38 game season. Oh, okay. Would you like to elaborate on that for us? I don't think it's gonna notice that we've, you know, it's it's been a season of, of two halves for us. Uh, you know, our results up until Christmas were pretty pretty incredible. In you know, some people were talking about, you know, will they will they sort of contest the title with with Liverpool? They're right up there. They're in second. There's within a few points. Um, obviously, they're on an incredible run. And every Leicester City fan knew that that, you know, that wasn't going to happen. We knew we were happy with our lot. Like we did that. You know, we've we've done that a few years ago. We don't need to worry about that this year. Um, but since the sort of since the turn of the year, really, Christmas. It's not even a lockdown thing. It's it's since since January, Feb. If we're being honest, it's gone the other way. Uh, we've not picked mm. up results where we should have done. Um, I think one of the real turning points, actually, the real marker was when Liverpool came to ours and just the, the distance between the two teams was, it was men against boys. And we looked, we looked like amateurs. We went up for it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of gone the other way. You know, we've, we've dropped silly points. And then since the restart after lockdown as well, we've looked, um, we've looked really not at the races, actually. It's really affected mm. some teams. We're one of those. So yeah, it's been, been a shame we thought we thought we were nailed on for champions league and now it's super tight there now isn't it race yeah it yeah is. so disappointing so can you maybe compare 2016 and that kind of jay to kind of what you're feeling now because some people say that this team this leicester team is better than the 2016 team yeah i think if you if you'd asked me that obviously like in at the turn of the year, then yeah, I would have said, yeah, actually points wise, the progress we've made, you know, the results we were getting, I, would, I probably would have said, yeah, this, this team is, is better. Um, we arguably play better football. And to be fair, we still do. We've been wasteful with chances second half of the season. That's, that's mm. been the main difference. We've not been clinical. 
Um, but we still create loads every single game, even if we're losing uh, most of the time. I'd say, I'd say what we did has it, it, this, the title winning season that we got better and better and better. You know, we put a, a run of results together at the end of the second half of the season. You know, we had, we had like five one nils in a row where we just closed out games. The game management was brilliant. Mm. I think there was one stat where I can't remember if it was Southampton or whatever came to ours, and they they put something like forty crosses into the box, and we dealt with all of them. Hooth and Morgan just it wasn't a problem. You, we we'd sit. I sat behind that that end where teams would come at us for the second half um, on my season ticket, and and just it, you weren't worried about it. You just knew they had it covered every single game. And we we don't have that now. We don't have that that assuredness. Mm. Um, to let teams come on to us now. So, um, yeah, the difference was then, I suppose, that we got better and better and really closed out games. And just the momentum was with us. And, you know, a lot of the time you talk about momentum in football. Uh, we've been a bit stop-start this this sort of second half of the season. And we never really got going. We never really got that flow of results, have we? So, um, which, to be fair, is much like Arsenal, actually. You think they're mm-hmm. going to go on a run and then they, you know, they've been it. On, on, a, on a random game so it's yeah it's, just, it's been frustrating this year because that potential was there and we've maybe not lived up to it second half of the season um, but we've been missing some key performers and that's been the difference I was I was going to ask you a question so I know we, we've had a big discussion here about kind of Madison and Greedish mm. um, and I think there was a real talk or push for Madison to maybe be one of like in the running for one of the players of the year he was doing so well he scored an, a great goal on New Year's Day away to Newcastle and since then, he's been really, really quiet. Um, and that's kind of coincided with maybe your downturn in form. How imp- I know he's not going to be there for the rest of the season, but did you feel that as a Leicester fan as well? Once he kind of started to get quiet, the team started to become quiet. Yeah, I think with a team like Leicester, we haven't got... It's tricky, right? Going back to your question about the difference between this season and 2016... Every single player, like every single one, even the subs, had like the season of their lives. You think of players like Mark Albrighton or, you know, pretty average players like Danny Simpson at, at right back or whatever. Mm. And they all had an absolute blinder. Also, we had like real quality with like Mares and stuff. But every single player hasn't like the season of their lives and they've never replicated it. Um, mm. And this season, they, yeah, they were having it. Like Madison was having an absolute blinder. We knew he from the season before he showed flashes of it. But yeah, this year, you know, Madison, Tillemans, um, you know, and others, they've 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 shown signs of that. But yeah, it's dipped off for all of them. Um mm. but I suppose it makes sense as if one or two top performers start having a dip, that that sort of ripples throughout the team, doesn't it? It goes mm. sideways and they all start having a bit more of an average game, not taking chances and stuff. Whereas if everyone's playing well, everyone elevates each other around them. So that's what we were missing. Yeah, suddenly your Madisons aren't producing it. And yeah, and you find yourselves actually looking quite an average side. And that's what mm. we've seen. Yeah. And I suppose the pressure shifts as well, because when you at the start of the season, you were kind of the surprise package. When you've done so well, teams are now going to adapt their tactics to stop you guys from playing and kind of maybe negate some of your strengths. So it's almost like the respect that you guys have got from being on a good run is now almost coming back to bite you in the bum. Yeah, um, and you've got to adapt your game. You've got to anticipate that, haven't you? And I think that, again, that's the key difference. Not to keep harping back to 2016. Obviously, it was Mm -hmm. amazing. But the difference was that nobody could live with us this year, even top teams. They couldn't. Mm -hmm. 
nobody could deal with it. We were a surprise package, but nobody got to grips with that in that season, that brand of football, that very direct style. This year, yeah, people have, people have figured this out and it feels like that, you know, so your tactically astute managers like, um, you know, so like Sean Dyche, for example, I'm going to say, Burnley got a result against, you know, Norwich even, who have been really poor tail end of the season now, they've given up. They got a result against us, you know, when they were mm. still fighting. And that that shouldn't really be happening if, you know, mm. with the with the quality we've got. We got so we got found out. Um, which is a shame, you know, because we obviously had heights of like nine nil and stuff earlier in the season and we yes, yeah, it feels like it's really tailed off, I guess. I saw an amazing stat that um Southampton have got more points than you have since that nine nil. Um, they they turned the corner. They, I mean, people were talking. Do you remember after the game, like Carragher and that was saying, "I don't know how they come back from this." Like they're all going to like, you know, cry forever. And just they dug deep. Like to be fair to them and the manager, they really, yeah, they turned it around so much and they came back and beat us at the King Power. So you think goal difference aside, you know, we both got mm-hmm. three points from each other this season. So what yeah. does it matter? And they've gone on such yeah. a run since. I've been really impressed by them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're going to now move on to the fixtures. Um, obviously, the league's um, top two spaces are pretty much occupied with Liverpool and City. We'll get onto those games in a bit. But you're currently fighting for top four. Um, and the three teams that are kind of fighting for that position are Chelsea, who beat Norwich 1-0. Um, Leicester, who you beat Sheffield United at home 2-0. And then United went to Palace um, and they won 2-0. Talk us through the 2-0 with um, Sheffield United. How did you see that game? So this is a funny one, right? So the games that we've won since the restart, obviously every game's been televised, right? Which has been amazing, by the way. Um, not for my missus, she hates it, but I'd love it. <laughs> but the season we won the league, I had this weird superstition where I couldn't look at the result or watch. If I wasn't at the game myself as a ticket holder, I couldn't watch it on TV or look at the result on my app or whatever in the middle of the game. I had to wait till after five o'clock or whatever or whenever the game was. And it worked really well for us that year. So I had this weird superstition. And this this year, again, since the restart especially, the really good performances have been the ones where I've ignored the game despite it being on TV. So that was Sheffield United, and it was Crystal Palace the other week. I just didn't look at my mm. phone. I just, didn't, I just paid no attention to it. I like, I like built a wardrobe or something like that. And I looked <laughs> afterwards, and then I was like, you know, fist pumping at home and loving it. So, so that's my sort of plan for the rest of the season is to not look at the game during the game. Uh, it's working really well for me. It worked well when we won the title. So um, it's, it's been bad that every single performance I've seen on TV since we come back has been awful. So uh, I, look, put it this way, I enjoyed watching it on Match of the Day. We, um, we, dominated, we dominated that game. And as Brendan Rodgers said, that's the first time we've actually strung together 90 minutes of performance. Mm. Uh, We've had great moments, you know, first half against Bournemouth, where obviously they turned it around. That was so embarrassing. But the first 45 that I did watch, again, we were, just, we were destroying them. It should have been like 5-0. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't. And that's the difference. Um, can, so, can I ask Dan, what do you think of the, the form of Jamie Vardy? Because at the start of this season... He was he's just on fire. He could not stop scoring goals. And then he hit this real uh kind of a slump. Um and after Project Restart, he wasn't really doing so great. But he's picked up his form of late. Um so as a Leicester fan, um what was your opinion on maybe what went wrong with Vardy and how he managed to turn it around and, and start 
scoring goals again? It's a great question. I mean, he is such a catalyst for our team. Like you say, he's a real figurehead. And the, the games where the games where teams figure out how to shut him out of the game, and that does happen. It does, you know, not for want of trying. He'll always give everything, and that's why Leicester fans love him. He'll always, always give you everything. He'll always put in a shift. Um, but there are games where he gets marked out of games and positionally the defenders, they've worked on it. You can see, and in those games, he becomes really ineffective, and those are the games in which we struggle. Um Man United always seemed to do it really well against us, which is worrying for the last game of the season. He doesn't get a look in, but he, he, he does nothing in those games, um, which is a shame because obviously his record against the, the top six teams or whatever generally is really great Yeah, um, because he can normally work around it. But in those games, yeah, he's sort of mid-table games where he does nothing. Um, it's, not for, it's not usually his fault. Often it's lack of service in those games. Um, sometimes I think his movement could be a little bit better. But I'm not going to slate Jamie Vardy. Like he's amazing. <laughs> he gives everything. But and, and, you know, at his age as well, doing what he's doing this season and being in the running for the Golden Boot, he's been he's been awesome. He's recaptured some of that form this year, and um, so I'm glad he's come back because you know, obviously, he didn't score against Sheffield United. Come back to the result this week, he didn't score, but he he could have had like four or five assists, and that's mm. that's the part of his game which I think is important to recognise. He's he's a great contributor actually his little cross across the box are really he's really good at that if we could just get someone on the end of them yeah, so, um, he's, he's a top player top 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 player and I think actually the variations in his game I think he's been asked to do a little bit more now as well so I think before it was just run behind wait for like wait for the ball to kind of come in but like you said he's he's trying to link up play a bit more he's playing from the left a bit more yeah. um he could have had a number of assists in those games um and I think with some of the slight tweaks in the formation, so I know that Coletti's played a few more times recently. Um, I know that Harvey Barnes has been dropped out a little bit more. I know Perez has kind of been playing a little bit further forward. He's had to kind of adapt a few times, and he's done really, really well. So he's currently leading the Golden Boot standings. I think I think he'll I think he'll nick it. Um, yeah, he's just like what a player for you guys, man. He's been he's been amazing. I mean, it's, you know, he's he's a bit of a throwback in many senses, like. The fact, obviously, he came from non-league is, is a great story. Um, but he's a grafter. He works really hard. And that's why, even when results don't go, go our way, you know he's given you everything he's got. And that's why fans love him. Um, as well as having that real quality. I, th- I think it shows what a good coach Brendan Rodgers and his team are. He's become, I think he's become a better player. Like mm. His move has improved. His, his all-round game, his link-up play is way, way better. Yeah. Way better. It just had to be because we need to play a different game of football now, don't we? We, you know, mm. we play more passing game in in the final third. So he's had to adapt, and fair play to him, he's done that. Yeah, we're going to move on now. We're going to look at um, Chelsea one Norwich nil. Did anyone you guys catch that game? I did it myself. No, no, I didn't see that. Was that a Friday game? Yeah. So it was no. It was a Tuesday. Um, no, Tuesday. Oh. It's weird because Norwich they they were really they've been really listless. Um, whenever I watched them. But for about 40 minutes, they were really in the game. They had good chances. But what happens with them is as soon as they concede, it's like just everything goes to pot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we saw it again yesterday when they played Burnley. But um, Giroud scored just before half-time. And then after that, it could have been two, three or four. Like Chelsea with so many chances. Chelsea didn't really seem up for it. They kind of just done enough to get through. And they've obviously got a, um, a cup semi-final today with, 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 with Man United. But I just think that yeah, just uh, it was a really just routine one 0 win. 
get the three points and move on to two massive games for them, which are coming up, which is obviously the FA Cup, the FA Cup game, as well as kind of going to Liverpool as well. Um, Cal, did you catch the Palace United game? Um, I think that was one where I saw some bits of it, but I didn't see the whole uh, 90 minutes. I think that was one where Rashford and Martial scored. Yeah. Um, and um, what I really liked in that game was just the play from Marcus Rashford right now. He's mm. absolutely on fire. Um, he did score one, which was a very nice uh, sort of finish in the box. Um, mm. Cultured finish, if you will, the way he kind of opened <laughs> his body and just bent it around the keeper. There was no way the keeper was going to get to it. That was like, for me, if you're not in form, you've seen players that are mm. not in form and struggling and, and they get a chance like that and they, they kind of fluff it. Um, but it, it was just a very confident kind of, I'm definitely going to put this in the back of the net type of finish, you know. Um, and then he was involved uh, and got an assist for Martial for United's second goal. Um, and that was just some lovely wing play from Rashford on the left, uh, beating a couple of players and then doing the given goal, getting into a position to just kind of... Um, flick it into Martial's run and, and Martial did the rest. He's another player in sensational form. So I think, I honestly, I, I'm such a Rashford fan right now. I think they should just give him the number 14 because he's playing Ooh. like Thierry Henry right now. Wow, what a shout that is. <laughs> um, shout out to Ben. Like Martial's definitely got his skeng man gloves on at the moment. <laughs> um, and he's, he seems to be shooting everywhere. Um, can Leicester finish in the top four, Dan? I talked earlier about momentum and that's exactly what Manu have got. I mean, mm. fair play to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, obviously, Fernandez coming in has been a massive deal. Um, Colbert coming back as well has been a factor, but like, they've, they've, got, they've got it together all of a sudden, haven't they? They're really playing some nice football. Um, yeah, Rashford, I agree, he's looking on fire at the minute. He's a, I liked Rashford anyway, but like, he's really, seems to have his feet sorted out at the minute, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, his coordination seems to improve. He looks so calm on the ball. Everything he does is just so smooth. And, and them as a team, like that that front few players are linking up incredibly well. The minute. Their goals yeah. look really good. It's a bit like, actually, old-school Arsenal, um, which is a massive compliment. Yeah. Um, the way they're linking we'll up. So <laughs> they're scoring some nice goals. They're playing some stylish football. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit worried about when we played them last game of the season because the run they're on at the minute, we'd always back them to win. Um, that said, Crystal Palace gave them a really good game. And if they'd had mm. a bit more quality, they had, they had enough chances. Do you know what I mean? They were a bit unlucky. They had enough chances. Yeah. They had a penalty that was a that was a definite penalty. The um, foul on Zaha yeah. has kind of gone gone through. He's going to give him a bit of a step over. So he's put his leg out. Lindelof has clipped the leg, come round, then got a toe on the ball. And the referee's made it out like Zaha's kicked into him. And I think it's really ironic because if you then saw the game before when um, the, the last time Man United were away, when Bruno Fernandes kind of flung himself into the Villa player and bought a penalty, how can that one be a penalty but Palace's one wasn't? Um, and I remember back in the day, like Fergie time and Howard Webb being in the pocket, it's kind of feeling like that again. Like when United have a bit <laughs> of momentum, it's almost like the referees kind of jump on board as well. But, you know... Don't want to, I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to talk too much. Mm. Um, we focus on the top four. I just want to have a quick look at the bottom as well because there are a few really, really big results that took place over the last round of games as well. So um, Bournemouth visit, went to um, the Etihad and got a really respectable 2-1 defeat. 
um, they had chances to actually nick a point there. Um, and again, off the back of the Leicester game, I think that gave them some confidence to be able to go to the Etihad and nearly kind of like 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 nick a point. And that would have been a really valuable point in their fight for survival. West Ham got a massive win against Watford, um, where they were free. They were two 0 up after like twelve or thirteen minutes. Uh, Mikel Antonio scoring again. Um, Watford kind of rallied and got a bit of a comeback in the second half, but it was a little bit too late. And the big one was the Villa gaining an agonising draw with Everton. Did anyone watch any of those games? I didn't yeah. watch the the Villa and Everton game myself. No, okay. um, I, I did see a little bit of West Ham, and mm. um, I'm really enjoying seeing how Mikel Antonio is playing now. He's another one, yeah. um, like Vardy, that's kind of worked his way up through the football ranks to the top level. Um, so it's really interesting seeing players like that um, really being rewarded for, you know, their kind of desire and their their determination to to really make it. And 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 at the moment, I mean, he's on fire. He's definitely one of the most informed strikers in the league, isn't he? Yeah, he scored four against Norwich. He scored again. Um, he's just a problem. I remember he's a midfielder who's played right back and played in numerous positions. But right now he's through the middle. And yeah, he keeps the game really simple. Like there's a lot of heart and endeavour, but there is a bit of quality. Like he scored like four to score four goals in the Premier League. You have to have a level of quality with you. And I think it's really easy to just talk about his tenacity and his energy, but he's got quality. Um, I, think, I think that was some kind of a record, wasn't it? That no player has scored four goals in one Premier League game before. Oh, no, no. Some people have scored four before, but I don't think we, there's been anyone scored four this season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the record's for this season. Um, who, that, who would that's you... an amazing achievement. Uh, sorry, I just yeah. wanted to say before we moved on, um, I think I saw Haller coming back in that game um, and with a couple of nice bits of play, he could have scored. So it, maybe we won't be seeing Antonio playing up front for West Ham uh, this season if Haller is back. Um, because when he did come on, we did see Antonio move back to the left of midfield. Mm. So uh, maybe this is going to be it. And maybe fantasy managers might want to consider taking Antonio <laughs> out of their team right now. I know. I, I was going to get, I was going to get on to that. Um, yeah, I think that's up. But what I think is, I think he likes to start with Antonio up front. So they're away to United next time. And I don't think he's going to throw Haller back into that game, but in the form that West Ham are in, they're going to, they're going to really test my United. They're going to really test them. Looking forward to it. Um, so a couple of other scores so Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-1 um, we got two absolute gifts um, from Van Dijk and Alisson um, what was funny in the commentary the, um, they were like oh my gosh we've never seen we've never said this before a Van Dijk mistake he's he's human <laughs> like every player makes a mistake but good good like good goals from Lacazette and Reese Nelson and that kind of set us up for a great win yesterday Cal talk me through it like Arsenal 2, Man City 0. Who would have thought it? I mean, absolutely incredible from the FA Cup there. Um, I think that Liverpool victory psychologically had a huge effect on the Arsenal players. You know, to be able to... Because obviously Arsenal has been in and out of form. Um, there's been a lot of defensive mistakes. Uh, things just haven't really clicked. And um, I think I saw that our maximum point score from what we can achieve this season will be the lowest points total that we would have achieved in the past 20 years. Mm, um, wow. So it just kind of goes to show that, that Arsenal are really at their lowest low right now. Mm. Um, but with that being said, to pull off a victory against 
the champions, that's going to give you a lot of heart. And then to go into an FA Cup game against undoubtedly one of the best teams in Europe um, and play against them and play them off the park, because this wasn't a case of Manchester City being absolutely terrible. Arsenal put in an amazing performance and... Mm. Man City created chance after chance after chance. There were loads of defensive blocks, loads of uh, saves from the goalkeeper, um, loads of great interceptions from the midfielders. It, it was it was just a great Arsenal performance that prevented Manchester City from beating them. And um, yeah, there were still one or two defensive mistakes in the first half. Um, City made one as well that Arsenal should have capitalised on. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, you're going to be absolutely on top of the world right now, mm. seeing your team beat Manchester City in such a manner, such a convincing manner. Um, and being in the FA Cup final, it's, 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 it's absolutely, it's just dream, dreamland right now, wouldn't you say, yes? Yeah, c- convincing, I, I don't know if I'd use that word. I mean, they had 70% of the play. Um, our keeper was very busy. The one thing I will do is I'm going to give um, Arteta a lot of praise. Um, there's a few things that he's he kind of done and he's set the team up in a way. Um, he played kind of Pepe, he played Lacazette, he played Aubameyang. But I thought the real key selection was when he played Maitland-Niles on the left. Um, knowing that Mares was going to start and will be likely to be cutting in, he put a right-footed player on the left-hand side, meaning that whenever Mares cut in, he was actually cutting into the player on his stronger side. And I think we've seen Mourinho do it with Aspilicueta a few times. And I think Paolo Ferreira done it in the new camp. So just those little kind of tweaks to, to the team, to the structure. Um, again, I've always said David Luiz in a three. Um, he's a much better centre-back than, than he is in a two. Just kind of actually catering to our, our players and our star has now meant that some of our performances have kind of picked up recently. So, yeah, it's great. It's, it's great to be in a cup final. Um, we're the most successful team in the FA Cup. I hope we, I hope we have another one to put on there. And um, yeah, Dan, what did you think of yesterday? Um, what specifically? Sorry. So the Arsenal Man, Man City game. I was impressed. Um, not to take anything away from Arsenal, obviously, because it was mm. a really, a really solid all-round performance. Uh, I thought they showed against Man City when they're sort of in the mood. You have to show a lot of metal, and they did that. And that's not something you guys have always done this season. So I was impressed with that. Um, you nullified Mares, and we know how dangerous he can be, obviously, being a Leicester fan. Um, and that's no mean feat. You know, you didn't really let them get going, and that's the, that's the key with Man City. Um, mm. You also have to not make mistakes, because um, they usually punish them. So I, I was really impressed with the performance. Um, not to take anything away from it, obviously, you know, Man City have proven that they're beatable this year. Surprised. Mm. I'm surprised how many results they've, they've gone against them. But... Um, Again, Arsenal putting a run together, you know, that's two really good results in a row. Against, well, not even arguably the top two teams in, in England. So, you know, yeah, you should be pretty happy with that. I was impressed. Got to yeah, kick on now. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing that happens with us as well. So we've got, we've got Villa, we've got um, Watford, and then we've got the cup final. Who do you think will be facing the cup final? Because obviously we've got Chelsea and um, Manchester United going up against each other today. What's kind of your predictions for that game, Dan? Um, Chelsea have been blowing hot and cold, haven't they? Last, you know, getting beaten by like West Ham, um, yeah. but getting picking up some good results as well. I th- hard to say, you know, it's always, it's always different in the cup for some reason, isn't it? Yeah. But I'd say it's probably going to be an Arsenal uh, Man United final, 
okay. could be an, could be an absolute classic. Um, but we all know how much you guys love the FA Cup. You've got such mm. a great record. Um, bit envious of that, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a little yes, Leicester I'm... City FA Cup factoid? Let's go. Go on then. We are the team to have been in the final the most times without ever winning it. Wow. Oh. How many times? Four times. Never won it. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little bit envious of your league title. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, like, like we're definitely even there. A um, couple of other fixtures happening today. So, I know you, you're, not, you're probably not going to watch this game now, but um, you play Tottenham today. What's your score prediction for that? Yeah, your best mates. Um, they're one of those teams that we sometimes, you know, the year we won the top, we beat them 1-0 at theirs. Mm. They're one of those teams that, when it counts, we often get good results against them. But that said, I don't want to jinx it. I think, again, they've been in and out since the restart. They've had some good games. They've had some really poor games. Um, I never know I never know which side's going to turn up with them. Dyer's still out, isn't he? That's, a, that's yeah. probably a little bit of a help. Um, but mind you, we've got loads of players out for whatever reason. Um, so I'm going to say, I reckon it's going to be a draw. I can sort of see one all written all over that, to be honest. Quite quite a cagey game, perhaps. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we, if we want to stay in the race for the Champions League, we, we need to at least get a draw, mm. at least. Yeah. Cal, what's your thoughts for that game, Tottenham-Leicester today? Um, well, I do think that Tottenham are always going to be a hard team to beat, although they've been a little bit out of sorts recently. Um, we shall see. Um, I would like to, obviously, I would like to see Vardy scoring and Leicester winning the game. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not so sure how it's actually going to work out. Mm. Um, I, I think Leicester's form is, is pretty decent. It could go either way, really. Um, I could see a draw. I think a draw could be like a fair result there. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Leicester need to get something so that it's in their own hands against United. You don't mm. want it to be a case of, you you have to beat United or like and then require maybe Chelsea to lose. Whereas if you get a draw, it means whatever happens, top four is still in your own hands. So I think a draw would be would be the result for you guys. Um, a couple of other pictures to kind of look at that's happening as well. So we've got Sheffield United Everton, which is a bit of a dead rubber now. Um, Wolves Crystal Palace again another dead rubber, but I suppose the two teams are kind of fighting for um, like. Europa League places. Um, Watford Man City. Now, obviously, Watford really need a result to kind of try to ensure their safety. Man City have just come off the back of um, a defeat in a semi-final. Do you think Watford could potentially spring an upset in that game? Me? Yeah. Nah. I think, so I, I've got a lot of time for Nigel Pearson, obviously. I think he's a, a great manager. And I think at the start, when he first came to Watford and obviously got that result against Liverpool, I thought he was doing an amazing job. Um, mm. But I do think that Man City are at their most dangerous off the back of results like they've just had. Mm. Um, I, Pep doesn't do sentimentality, so he won't care that they're in the relegation battle. He is. That's when they. That's when you see them at their most ruthless. And I think um, I think it'll be four 0 to Man City. Actually, wow, could be brutal yeah. with, with a score, um, Cal. Yeah, um, Man City, I think they'll be a bit sore after losing to Arsenal. Um, and I think this will be a whipping, an absolute whipping. 
Um, I just don't see Watford having the quality to be able to stop them like what Arsenal did, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Okay. The final game we'll, we'll look ahead to is um, Liverpool-Chelsea. So that's got a lot of connotations for the top four. I think Liverpool will be receiving the title um, on that day as well. So again, fair play to Liverpool. Congratulations for ending your 30-year wait. Um, yeah, let, now let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's the predictions for that game? Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea. And how I start with you. It's an exciting fixture. Mm. Um, I do love a a kind of red versus blue clash. It reminds me of table football. <laughs> yeah. So every time I see a, a Liverpool or Manchester United versus Chelsea, you know something like that, I get excited. Um, and um, yeah, I, I do think that this is a game that should be just good football. Liverpool have obviously won the league already. They haven't really got any particular reason to go 110% in this game. Um, Chelsea, you know, they want to make sure that they're getting the Champions League place. Um, so I, I would say Chelsea probably have more of an incentive to to win this game, but then they are going to Anfield. So could probably be a draw, could possibly be a draw here. Um Although I'm, I am excited to see how Chelsea do. I do love watching Frank Lampard's team with all these uh, good mm-hmm. young players um, that play with loads of energy and with quality. Pulisic has kind of had a bit of a resurgence in form. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you never know. He could nick a cheeky goal or whipping across from the left. Giroud's been banging them in left, right and centre. Uh, as you mentioned, he scored um, last week. And um, yeah, I think Chelsea are looking dangerous. So why not? It could be, it, maybe they could sneak a victory. Who knows? Yeah. Dan? Yeah, it's fair to say Liverpool taking their foot off the gas a bit, isn't it? Um, which, you know, I totally get. They've won the title by a mile, so fair play to them. Um, but they've still got to play for pride. And, like, that that fixture has got so many like, so many really vivid memories. Like, obviously, the Gerrard slip, you know. The, it's just been, like, a classic fixture over the years. So, as a neutral, I'm really looking forward to that one, even if I can't, like, bear to watch my own team at the minute on TV. Mm. I love watching this game. There's so much quality in both sides, and and as and as Cal said, so much like young young excitement in the Chelsea side. You never know what you're going to get. Mm. So I hope it's like a a real fireworks game, um, and it probably will be. To be fair, Chelsea arguably have got a lot more to play for to secure that Champions League place, haven't they? Definitely. They've got a lot more to fight for there. Let's see. But but what's your prediction? Oh, man, come on. Um, I've got a weird feeling this is just a gut instinct that Liverpool will win it because they're not going to be happy with their recent performances um, even though Chelsea need the points more um, that could be completely wrong like Chelsea might pull out the bag but yeah Liverpool kind of need to prove that they were worth it a little bit for me um, okay. they've been poor so yeah we'll see I'm looking forward to that one I'm going for a draw in that game as well I think um, yeah I think you two will both draw. And I think United against West Ham will be a United win. And it'll be all up all up for, for, for play um, on the last day of the season. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Right, we're going to move on to some general news now. I'm going to start with some really sad news, actually. So, um, last week on the Beer Rap and Banter podcast, um, Ben and Cal spoke about the, um, the recent passing of Jack Charlton, um, World Cup winner who died at the age of um, 85. Um he was a Leeds player, winning major honours in the, in the 1969 when he won the title and also um, the FA Cup in 1972. Um, he managed um, 
Middlesbrough to promotion as well. But he's more known to me anyway as being the Republic of Ireland's manager, um, taking them to their first championships in 1988, as well as two consecutive World Cups in 1990 and 1994. Um, the funny thing about the World Cup as well is that he played with his um, brother Bobby um, in the final. And yeah, just a massive loss to the game. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of like Jack Charlton? Do you know much about him or over to you first, Dan? Yeah, bits and pieces. I think like a lot of people, you know, you're aware of his achievements because mm. like he's an actual legend, isn't he? Mm. And that that term gets bandied about a lot. But in terms of an actual career, like as a player, you know, like uh, being a one club man as well. Oh, was he one club? But like yeah, so, but, so many yeah. appearances at Leeds, you know, like it's that kind of thing that's so rare in the game today. People talk about him being like an, a proper gentleman. And again, that's something that's, that's missing from the game more and more these days. So to do it as a player, obviously to win the World Cup is, you know, what higher accolade is there. To do it with your brother is amazing. What a great set of circumstances. And then, like I say, I really respect him for what he did for the, for the Republic of Ireland as well. Achievements that, that nobody else is able to match. So he, he did it as a player and a manager. And mm all with a lot of grace and a lot of dignity all the way through, you know, a lot, a lot of um, is re-principled and so you've just got, you know, you can't have anything but respect for that. Yeah, an absolute Leeds legend. Um, Cal, I know you guys spoke about that last week, but anything you want to add, add on? Yeah, I'll definitely echo your sentiments about um, my personal connection with uh, Jack Charlton being more known for being the Republic of Ireland manager. Um and uh, I remember one of those sides that was absolutely amazing. They 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 did really well in the World Cup. Um, I know you're really good with the uh, with the figures and the facts. You might remember which World Cup it was, but uh, I, I think it was the team with um, you know they had Ian Hart cracking in free kicks with his left foot. Um, you know Damien Duff, Robbie Keane. They had some absolutely amazing players in that team, um, and it was um, it was Jack Charlton that was the mastermind behind them. Um, so he was a mastermind between behind the younger team. That was Mick McCarthy's team. Ah. The, yeah, that was the year that um, Roy Keane decided to just walk out just before the um, before the competition started. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, so he's he had more like kind of like Ray Houghton, Paul McGrath. Um, he had like more of the old school um, Republic of Ireland legends. But that was a great team you mentioned, to be fair. I like that team. Okay, uh, uh, a little bit of a, a wrong connection going on there, mm. but um, he's definitely seen as a legend in the Republic of Ireland, and he won the World mm. Cup with England. So you know, it's always mm. sad when we hear about an actual football legend passing. May he rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace from the from the play on team. Um, as you said, he's he's the majority of his um, performances came through Leeds as a player, and um, stay, staying with the the Yorkshire club, they're up. So um, I know there's a certain member, two members of my family, my dad and my uncle, being very, very relieved. So 16 years ago, Leeds were um, Leeds dropped out of the Premier League. Um, they've been through so much in that time, but they sealed um, promotion when West Brom failed to beat um, Huddersfield, and then they actually sealed the title when Brentford lost to Stoke yesterday. Are we happy to see Leeds back, Dan? Um. Yeah, I think as a Leicester fan, as a Leicester fan, like I've never had any sort of direct, um, not really a lot to do with them, you know. Um, I know how that feels, obviously. They got, so we were down in League One for one season only. They got sat down there for years, if you remember, before they got back mm. into the Championship. And they just really got bogged down for a while. They are a big club. 
there's no two ways about it. You look at Ellen Road and all the rest in their history, and yeah, actual big club. Um, so to yeah, sort of be where they were for such a long time, uh, it was kind of must be really like hard work for the fans. We were out of the Premier League for ten years, and it felt like a lifetime. Um, so yeah, no, I, I know how good that feels to get promotion back to the Premier League. Fair play to them after sixteen years. That's you've got to earn it out of the Championship. Mm. It's a really tough league. Yeah. Um, fair play, fair play to them. And I think having Bielsa in the league is something that I'm really looking forward to. Cal, what would you like to say about Leeds coming back to um, the Premier League? Before I do a quick word on Leeds, um, mm-hmm. I do want to quickly give a shout out to Andre Scherler, who has retired from football at the tender age of 29. And um, and I think, uh, you know, as someone who's a former World Cup winner, someone who played in the Premier League as well, um, I think it's quite sad to see him retiring so young. Um, and it does seem to be, you know, he's just like a, someone who's just kind of looked out for his mental health. Um, which I think is an important thing to note these days that, you know, people need to be conscious of their mental health and maybe make decisions that are going to be in the best um, support of your mental health. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a great decision for him to look after himself, Um, although it's sad to see him leave football at such a young age. Um, But, yeah, back on to Leeds. Um, I was a huge uh, admirer of the way Leeds United played uh, years ago when David O'Leary was the manager. Uh, I mean, it kind of all ended in tears and uh, financial trouble for them. But uh, they did play some absolutely lovely football. Um, you know, Rio Ferdinand was there. Lucas Bradaby, uh, I thought their defence was solid. Um, Ian Hart, as you spoke about uh, before, being part of Republic Island as well. Um, and, um, yeah, they had they had great strikers. Mark Viduka, Harry Kuehl. Yeah. And, and you just kind of, you kind of think, will they be able to build a team like that again, you know? Um the famous white shirts of Yorkshire. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope that Bielsa can put together a team that plays really good attracting, uh, excuse me, attractive attacking football in the Premier League. Um, uh, they've always, it's a quite a huge club as well. Um, and they've always had really good uh, youth players. So yeah, maybe they'll be able to continue producing good youths and, um, and, and become a force. Uh, I hope that they can actually stay up, you know, um, We'll see. We're hotly anticipating what's going to happen with Leeds United next season. Yeah, nice. No, looking good. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see them back in the league. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad they won the title as well. Um, speaking of teams in white that um, have won titles, we're going to move on to, to the Spanish league in Real Madrid. So um, on Thursday, they secured their 34th league title um, with a Benzema brace, making it 2-1. Um, and then... Their rivals, Barcelona, lost at home to Osasuna, meaning that Los Galacticos have won their third title in 12 seasons, which for me didn't, see, didn't seem, seem a lot. But then when you actually look at their Champions League record, they've got more Champions Leagues in the last 12 years than they have league titles. Um, Real Madrid back at the top of Spanish football, Dan. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, as a Leicester fan, I know a lot about league titles, so... Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a good place to be. I think to have that consistency over all the games, it, it's a huge achievement. As we, as we all know, that that's a that's a massive deal. I think to be fair, what you just said about Champions League um, results, you know, they have been great, shown to be great over one game or or, or two legs. Obviously, in, in the case of some really tricky semi-finals. Um, and, that, and obviously, winning the Champions League is an amazing achievement. To do it how often they have is ridiculous, actually. 
But yeah, actually, you could say they've probably underperformed in the league, given that there's actually not, apart from Barcelona, there's not, and, and sometimes Atletico, there's not really that much. It's not as competitive league as in, as in England. Mm. Simple as that. So um, yeah, fair play to them. Great result to win any league ever. Obviously, it's always a big deal. Um, I think they've not come up against the toughest Barcelona team as a main rival mm. this season. I think it's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, can't take anything away from them. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I, the Barcelona team hasn't been the greatest, but um, yeah, over to you, Carl. I was literally going to say exactly that. <laughs> um, Barca will be a bit, um, you know, annoyed at how they've performed this season. I think Messi's come out and been uh, quite critical of how they've performed recently um, in a shocking, actual shocking critique of how bad they've been and saying how they need to improve. Um but yeah, for me, uh, Real Madrid it is a fantastic story. I did see a picture recently of Zinedine Zidane and Sergio Ramos as players, um, kind of juxtaposed with a picture of Sergio Ramos not being the young player under the guidance of the, you know, the elder statesman in the team, Zinedine Zidane, and now being the captain and the experienced player uh, under the guidance of Zinedine Zidane, the manager. So I think it's, it's, it's a great story of continuity within the club. Um, Ramos being a youngster that's gone on to become the captain and lifting the trophy. They've won so many titles there at Real Madrid. Um, and I do think that trophy looks absolutely amazing as well. Look at that. Mm. I would love to lift yeah. something like that. <laughs> so yeah, As congratulations. Family, to love to lift anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be lifting the FA Cup. Yeah, true. Yeah, very, very true. Um, yeah, and we are now getting to the point of the season where we are going to start seeing kind of like titles being lifted. Um, and we spoke about kind of Madrid and Barcelona. Both of them have second legs of their run of sixteen games in the Champions League. So this week, the Champions League schedule was kind of laid out for the rest of the tournament. We'll have the there's four more games outstanding for the round of 16, being Madrid versus Manchester City, Leon versus Juventus, Napoli versus Barcelona, and then Chelsea versus Bayern. And then we'll move on to the quarterfinals, all taking place in Portugal in like a mini World Cup, um, where we'll all kind of be just in one spot. And then the other legs to take place in those games are Leipzig versus Atletico, and then Atalanta versus PSG. Looking at the Champions League draw at the moment. It will be kind of Madrid or Man City against Lyon or Juve with um, City having a 2-1 lead since the first leg. Can Madrid overturn that and basically rubber stamp a really bad season for Manchester City? What do you think, Cal? I mean, anything is possible. Mm. This, is, this is football at a very high level, arguably the highest level. You know, um, I mean, I know that we generally think of international football being the highest level, but in the Champions League, you can amass players not just from within one nation, from anywhere in the world. And we're talking about two of the biggest clubs in the world, Real Madrid and Manchester City. Um, just incredible quality on both teams. Anything could happen. I think it is possible that Real Madrid could do it. Do I think they will? <sighs> I don't know, to be honest with you, mm. mate. I think it's a tough one to call. Mm. Um, if Benzema gets into his bag on the day, he could def- definitely score a couple or score a hat-trick. Um, mm. But then you could say the same for Sergio Aguero. So if anything could happen, mate. Yeah. Um, Leon Juve is the other kind of game. You've got Ronaldo. His Champions League history is, is, is well known. Um, Dan, what do you think is going to happen 
over, um, among those kind of four games. What do you I think, think the lineup's going to be? Yeah, I think Juventus have got form. Like they've got mm. serious, serious heritage in that competition, haven't they? They're, they're mm. a tough team. Um, definitely better team for having Ronaldo in. Mm. Uh, Leon, Leon have been a bit of a surprise package. Let's be honest. Um, mm. I think, I think like when we got quite far in the competition that year, like we we punched above our weight a little bit till we got to Atletico. Mm. So yeah, I think I think Juve will will see that through. Um, I think City can close out the result over the two legs. I think mm. they've got the quality to do that. Uh, and Pep's surely going to be super psyched against, mm. obviously, a Madrid team, given his background. So, yeah, we want to see that through. Um, who else do I think is going to get through? I mean, you know, Nap- Napoli are really good on their day. Mm. I always think they can pull out a surprise. So they could they could yeah, get through. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting end to the competition. Um I'm looking forward to the format. I'm looking forward to this mini festival of football we're going to be rewarded with again. Might have to get BT Sport. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to invest. Yeah, Yeah. maybe there's like a trial period. It's an interesting question for you because we uh, we kind of pride ourselves on being armchair football fans, Um, and uh, I think often the kind of match day experience at home can be quite different. And uh, it would be interesting to know maybe what your favourite matchday experience at home is. Is it a, a, a BBC one, a Sky Sports one, or BT Sports one? Or Amazon Prime. Mm. Mm, there you go, there you go. We got it's, not, it's not Amazon Prime, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, for, is, that, for me, is that aimed at me? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, personally... I've I've loved the last few weeks, as I said at the start of the program. Like, um, you know, the fact we've had it on, we've had free ones on Pick TV, um, with Sky showing some games for free, um, and you had the Sky games, you had BT Sport, you've had it all in there, even a few on on BBC. It's just been great to have every match shown. Uh, I do think that should be a model going forward. I've never understood the three pm blackout thing, so I don't think it affects attendance of games. But I wouldn't give up my season ticket just because games are broadcast. Put put it that way. Um, so. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that continue from the broadcasters, find the final agreement for that. In terms of hosting, I do quite like, I do quite like the lineup at, um, at BT Sport. I think they've got some good personalities on there. Um, I'm giving quite an impartial answer here, actually. I, I'm, I'm sort of fence-sitting. I don't mean to, but like, I like, <laughs> yeah. all, I like the banter good. between Neville and Carragher as well, do you know what I mean, on like Monday yeah. Night Football and stuff. I, yeah. I, like, I like them as well. So I've just liked having access to it all. You can accept that as an answer. I've, I've liked being able to, to have the choice of games and seeing the games. That's um, perfectly fine. I think literally every single one of those uh, broadcasters provide first-class football. Um, so I was just wondering if there was a preference, but it seems like you know you, you just you're happy to to get the football from all of them, really. Which I think that's pretty much the size of it. The football fans win. You know, we get first-class service no matter what channel we tune into. Yeah, I think I'm Team Sky just because of, like you said, Neville and Carragher. Um, but PT Sport are good. Robin Van Persie is a really good pundit, actually. Um, we were talking mm. about Mason Greenwood and just kind of breaking down some of his movements, and you can kind of see some similarities between the two. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. I did um, like um, the Robin Van Persie and Rio Ferdinand uh, kind of back and forth that they do. Um, like watching that yesterday uh, for the FA Cup game, that was very interesting. You know, uh, Rio does his 
very excellent analysis from a defensive point of view. And then Robin does the same from an attacking point of view. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of what uh, Lineker and Wrighty and, and those guys do at Match of the Day as well. So, yeah, you got to give everybody a shout. I think we're quite lucky to have uh, excellent yeah. football coverage in this country. Yeah, definitely. So, just to kind of end on the Champions League, um, who's, who's your winner? Looking at the teams that are left in the competition, who, are, who do you think is going to lift that trophy, Dan? Oh, that's a big question. Um, let's have a look. I think probably... Oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, I would say, if I was going to put money on it, I would say it's probably going to be Real. Ooh. That is a shout. That is a shout. Cal, who are you? Who do you think will win the Champions League this year? It's crazy, man. It is crazy. Um, uh, admittedly, I haven't watched a whole lot of Champions League football, um, so I, I I can't actually say based on you know what I've seen who I think is is looking like the best team in the Champions League right now. Um, but um, yeah, considering that Real Madrid have just won the league. And that, you know, their players do seem to be informed. Benzema scored two at the weekend, I believe. Mm. Um, and he's not playing international football and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's a bit fresher than some of the other players that have been more jaded throughout this season, flying all over the place. I know everyone's had a bit of a rest with Project Restart, but um, I do think Benzema's looking really sharp and he might, he might just take his team to the final and, and, and help them to lift the cup. Okay. I've, I've got it down as... I know Ben said Bayern Munich. He's got he and he called them really early as well. Mm. I'm going for PSG. I just think looking at the draw, um, they're on the better half of the draw. Um, they're going to be a bit fresher. Um, I know they've got a cup final this weekend, and although they've got Atalanta, which is a difficult game, I just think PSG have enough to win it this year. That's my that's my take. Mm. Um, I would never want to bet against Kylian Mbappe. I tell you that. <laughs> I, I never want to race him. <laughs> He's lightning. Um, but yeah, last last bit of news on the Champions League. So City had their ban um, rescinded. So they were due to have a two-year ban um, due to financial fair play, but that was lifted and their £30 million fine was reduced to £10 million by the Court of Arbitration in Sports. Um, I heard a lot of people kind of say, oh, FFP, what's the point? And someone... Um, very funny, said FFP, well, FFS, so for fuck's sake, <laughs> which, was pretty, which was pretty funny on that. So um, we'll move on. Staying in Europe, though, um, I know Cal kind of started um, speaking about um, Scherler retiring. So again, another World Cup winner coming to the end of his, um, his time, 29 years old. Um, but another big story from Dortmund was actually them buying Jude Bellingham. Um, a 17-year-old talent um, from Birmingham City who made his debut this season, but he's moving there for £23 million. Um, a big, big, big money move for a player who's going to be following on the same kind of um, path as Jaden Sancho. Um, Dan, what do you know about the player and what do you think about someone at the age of 17 moving to, 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 to Germany? Would you have done that if he was a professional football player? So, yeah, so that, that's the first thing to say, actually, is I think it's mm. it's kind of brave because we don't have a history of young British players going to play abroad. You know, it's really, really not that many that have done it still. Um, I think it's a cultural thing. Um, 
Sino in the same way that you have to say fair play to someone like Jaden Sancho because he wanted to, he knew he could get first team football there. Um, this is a little bit different because, I mean, I've got to admit that this, this guy specifically at, at Birmingham had gone under my radar. Mm. But it's not like, like Birmingham have a bit of track record, but it's, we bought Damari Gray off them really, really young, you know, as a promising young player. And we paid three mil, which a lot of people said was a lot of money at the time. So the money we're talking about now is for an even younger player. Like he's shown great potential, but it's, mm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised if it had been within the Premier League, I would maybe understood those sums. But actually, moving to that league, they're they're showing some real financial clout there. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. a really, really big deal. That's a real big statement for them. Mm. I think the culture is slowly starting to shift. Um, you know, we did see Reese Nelson go on loan in Germany um, and do really well, um, as well as uh, Sancho, as you've just spoken about, uh, doing a permanent transfer. And there are one or two players dotted around in like France and in Italy. And, and I think foreign leagues are now starting to realise that you can get really good English players um, and that will, you know, add something to their team possibly add something to their first team and be better than some of the talent they have at, you know, a price of, say, £25 million, which might seem a lot of money for a prospect. But if he does hit the ground running in the way that Jaden Sancho does, that actually might turn out to be a bargain. Because if you spend £25 million, uh, on a, you know, experienced professional, you're probably not going to get a player of, like, top, top, top quality. But if you spend £25 million on a prospect, maybe you get a, a player that's, going to be able to contribute and then get better and better and better. And and obviously, you'll have the resale value there as well, won't you? Because how much will um, Dortmund be able to sell Sancho for now? Like, he could be going for 75 to 100 million or maybe even more, depending mm. on who, who comes after him, really. So mm. it, it, I think it's a great move for English football. Um, yeah. I think it's great that these other leagues are realising that we have talent. It's good for the individual as well. I think uh, I wish I had the opportunity to do that myself in my career, to go abroad and work in a different um, country and experience the lifestyle. Um, it's going to enrich you as a person as well as improve the national team when you get to the point where you can play with a different style. You can bring a different uh, way of working to the national team. Uh, and I've, I just think it's, it's a brilliant move. And I hope it works out well for the lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, last two stories, and then we're going to wrap up today. Um, staying in the championship, so um, I got a, I'm in a number of football groups, and this was one of the biggest stories of the week. So um, Hull got beaten eight nil by Wigan. I don't know how many people saw that. Um, with the score being seven nil at half time, um, just an absolutely bonkers game. So um, Wigan went one nil up in the first minute. Then for 26 minutes, there were no more goals. It was just calm, pretty chilled. Then on the 27th minute, they scored again. And then by halftime, there were another five goals to make it 7-0 at halftime. Um, whatever was said during the drinks break is absolutely needs to be boxed and sold. Um, and then obviously in the second half, it just ended up being kind of like 1-0. Um, 1-0 in the second half, but 8-0 overall. I mean, guys, 8-0 in a professional game. And you guys beat... Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I know Leicester beat Southampton 9-0, but they had a player sent off. No one was sent off in this game. It's just Wigan had a mad 19 minutes. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Because this was baffling. Man, I saw that someone sent me a screenshot, right? And it was one of those where I was like, firstly, like you say, with the, with the drinks break, I was like, what is in those water bottles? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, 
yeah, like that was that was insane. But also, I was so I was watching it, and let's like, say someone sent a screenshot half time seven nil, and you're thinking, oh man, this is insane. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm gonna have to like catch this game now and see what's going on. <laughs> and it's one of those where you think, I'm watching the second half, thinking I picked the wrong half here. Like I thought this was gonna <laughs> be amazing, and what a letdown! Just one more goal. Uh, yeah. I was obviously pleased that our 9-0 sort of stayed intact as like the big score from this season. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt like they underachieved in the second half, you know? <laughs> Imagine that. You win 8-0, you underachieve. They should oh, be disappointed man. with themselves. Yeah, it was it was absolutely mental. That that 19 minutes. That must be a record just, for like a massive record or something. Yeah, I think it may be actually. Um, and yeah, just to kind of end on our final thing. So last week we mentioned um, the women's game. Um, and there was a couple of people who said that actually football's not really back until the women's game's back. Um, but they've actually gone through their awards ceremony, their awards um, season. Um, and we've now identified the manager of the year being Emma Haynes from Chelsea and um, Beth England being the player of the year, scoring 14 goals in 15 games. So as much as the league kind of didn't come back after COVID, um, they've kind of put some of their um, awards through. And we are now looking at looking forward to the start of the women's the women's um, um, league when that resumes. Um, but yeah, guys, what a, what a great pod, Dan! Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your your knowledge of um, being a title winner at Leicester. <laughs> like, <laughs> That, that, that you like to drop in like five or six times. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? You've dropped it in more than me. That's the funny thing. Like we don't talk at Leicester. We don't talk about it. You know, we just we're chilled about it. Oh, it's a dumb thing, yeah. <laughs> it's a new it's a new normal for us now. Okay, okay, but no, seriously, thank you guys. Thank you so much for kind of giving up your time and speaking to us, Cal. As always, um, thank you so much for your input, structuring everything, um, juicing, editing, all of your amazing work as well. So. So yeah, thank you so much. Any thank last words? Are we sure? Fingers crossed for the Champions League for me. Cool. Cal, any last words on Arsenal? Let's win the FA Cup. <laughs> I will I would I would agree with that. Um shout out to Ben. I know that you're busy this weekend. Um and yeah, let's just see some good football and hopefully we both teams get what they want. We'll see. It's gonna be tight this season, isn't it? It's it's what what a bizarre year, guys, eh? What a mm. what a bonkers year. And I'm sure there'll be an even crazier end to it. But yeah, I look forward to it. Anyway, I've been Ash. I've been Cal. I've been Dan. Cool. Um guys, look out for us on Instagram, um, play on podcast. You can also find us on Instagram with the BRB team, so that's beer rap and banter. Um yeah, and thank you for listening and speak to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Take care, man.